straight? Are you sure? All right, just checking. If you have your Bible, please open it to Jeremiah chapter 9. When I was in in college, a a good friend told me that I never finished what I started. And yes, I was offended by that statement, but he was right. I had a habit of starting out on a project with great fire and great excitement, but eventually over time and a couple of weeks later, uh, I wasn't excited anymore. The fire was gone. What about you? Do you ever struggle to finish what you start? A workout, a new job, a diet plan, a book, a relationship, or whatever. Is the fire still there? What about this church? As we continue to move forward, will we finish what we started? Or will the fire simply be smothered out over time? And all of us, eventually end up in other places where we finish what we started. The founder of the uh, Salvation Army told a group of new officers this. He says, I want you young men always to bear in mind there's the nature of a fire to go out. You must keep it stirred, fed, and the ashes removed. I want you to always bear in mind, Village Church, there's the nature of a fire to go out. You must keep it stirred, fed, and the ashes removed. Now I believe the the fire in our church is burning and and it's strong. But for how long? Something has to keep the fire stirred. Something has to keep it fed and the ashes removed. And guess what? It's not our numbers. It's not our money or lack of money. Or our resources, or our building, or who we know and don't know. The answer to, to this question, the answer is to, to, that's going to keep this fire going is, is the answer to one question. Why does the village church exist? The answer to that question is what's going to keep our fire stirred, fed, and the ashes removed. Have you ever thought about that question? If you're a visitor today, that should be a question you should be answering, asking yourself. Why is this church here? Who are these people? Why do they come down here every week? The answer to this question will keep the fire going. The answer to this question will give us longevity in ministry. The answer to this question will protect us from burning out. The answer to this question is the vision of our church. Why does the village church exist? We exist. To know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, to glorify Jesus. That's why we exist. That's our created purpose. And that would keep the fire burning. It would strengthen us. Knowing Him and enjoying Him and glorifying Him. And so for the next, this Sunday and for the next two Sundays, we're going to talk about these three aspects of our created purpose. Because these things, We keep our fire stirred, fed, and the ashes removed. The first one, to know him. So if you have your Bible, open it to Jeremiah 
chapter 9, beginning in verse 23. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love justice and righteousness in the earth for in these things i delight declares the lord please pray with me father god as we come to your truth it's not man's opinion it's not the opinion of this church it's not a suggestion it's not an ideal but it's truth the words from the very mouth of God, your word, which is without error, that you have given to your church, to your people. And so I pray for your spirit will come and take what is preached and apply it to my heart. I don't believe all this all the time. And so I need a spirit to work in me. I need this. I don't know about anybody else, but I know what I need. I need this. And everyone here needs it as well. So, Spirit, I ask you to do what I can't do and what we can't do in ourselves. That is, apply to God's truth to our life. We need you to do it. Counselor, helper, our deposit that guarantees our inheritance. We need you, the third person of the Trinity, to move in this place today. And in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. It's part of the prophet's temple messages that he spoke to the people of Israel who were, as usual, in constant rebellion against the Lord God. And for us this morning, these words are a reminder of one of the things the Lord wants for us, and that is to know him. To know him. But there are things that get in the way of us knowing him. Whether you've known him for years or whether you don't know him this morning, there are things that get in the way of that. And, and Jeremiah mentions those in verse 23. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Boasting in self. In the first chapter of Jeremiah, this is what the Lord says to his people. I will pronounce my judgment on Israel concerning all their wickedness, whereby they have forsaken me, and offered sacrifices to other gods, and worshiped the works of their own hands. He also says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, to make for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot whole water. Their fire for the Lord was being smothered out by these man-made cisterns that cannot hold water. And these words in, in 9.23 speak of broken cisterns. The wise man who boasts in his wisdom, that's a broken cistern. The rich man who boasts in his riches, broken cistern. The mighty man who boasts in his might and strength, again, broken. Now, the temptation is 
for us to say, well, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. It's a good message for so-and-so. But guess what? You, so, you are the so-and-so. And so am I. So don't think about who's not here. This is for you. For you. It's not by asking that you're here. You're here to hear God's truth. Because those of us, you know, who have known Jesus for some time, for some years, we still struggle with this. Or is it just me? We all have broken cisterns in our life. We all have boasted in our wisdom, our might, our riches. And this boasting that Jeremiah is talking about is done without reverence to God. It is actually done in opposition to him. It's glorifying oneself. It's a person saying, in my wisdom, I'm glorious. In my might, I'm glorious. In my riches, I'm glorious. In my goodness, I'm glorious. In my role as a parent, I'm glorious. In my role as a business owner, I'm glorious. All those things we think that make us glorious. Important. This is what he's talking about. What is it for you this morning? What is it for you? Could it be education? Could it be a certain lifestyle? Could it be theology? Politics? Ministry? Money? What is it for you? There's nothing sinful about being wise, is it? There's anything sinful about being rich and, and being mighty and having strength? No. The problem is with us. Our boasting in them. Or you covet them because you don't have them. You either do one or the other. You boast in them because you got it, or you covet because you don't got it. And the Lord says, no. Boasting is you worshiping the works of your own hands, saying, to me be the glory for all the wonderful things I've got and all the wonderful things I've done. It's all because of me. An example of this is in this past year Olympics. Usain Bolt, the fastest man in the world, right? Fastest. He says to himself, I'm a legend. The greatest athlete to live. He is the fastest man alive. He knows it and he boasts about it and he's arrogant about it. But his accomplishment is a broken system. Because one day, he won't be the fastest man alive. One day, that's going to be gone. One day, his record's going to be broken and replaced by someone else. Knowledge can pass away. can be taken away. Riches can be taken away. Everything that you have wrapped your life around can all be taken away like that. Like that. And when they're taken away, what do you have left? What do you have left? That's why they're broken sisters. Because they can't give you life. They can't be your savior. They can't save you. Don't build your whole life on a prideful pursuit of these things or a pride for preserving of them. Don't worship them. 
They can't be Jesus to us. They cannot hold water. Water, But what they will do is smother out your fire for Christ. If you misuse them. They will smother it out. And all your whole life is built upon broken sisters. If you misuse them. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast of this. That he knows and understands Yahweh. That him who boasts, boasts of this. That he knows and understands Yahweh. Is that exciting? Are you sure? I mean, you can give me the Sunday school. I mean, really. I'm talking about in the place where you truly live. Is that true of you? Not here on Sunday morning. The hustle of boss of life. In the stresses of life, in the sufferings of life, is that true? It's true for everybody on Sunday morning. It's about when you get home, when you get back to the issues that await you, when you get back to work tomorrow with the issues that await you, is it true then? Psalm 34 2 says, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Do we boast in the Lord this way, believers? That we understand and know him. What does it mean to understand him? To understand the Lord means you can apprehend him. You have insight in who he is. You believe in him. To know him means you have gained knowledge of him, a saving knowledge. This is just not some general understanding and knowing of God that's just intellectual and practical, but it implies that you now trust and depend upon him. That's what it also means. As one believer said, this means we not only have right apprehensions concerning his nature, his attributes, and relations to man, but we receive and retain the impressions of them. We hold on to them and set in faith to the point where the boast of your life is in the Lord and what he has done. The songs we just sung about is what he did. Because you can gain the whole world and in the end do what? Lose your very soul. You can have the best life now or your best life later. For the believer, we know it's later. No matter how good it is for you here, it ain't going to be what it's going to be there. And if you think that's differently, then you don't understand. You don't get it. The text says that you understand and know me, that I am the Lord who exercises love and kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. The Lord practices love and kindness. Why? Because he's merciful, kind, and loyal. That's why he does it. Why does he practice justice? Because he's just and completely sovereign over all his creation. He's the ruler. He's the boss. Don't make no mistake. Yeah, we have an enemy at play, but guess what? He, he compares, he's very small compared to our God. Don't forget who's actually the boss of his creation. It's Yahweh. I don't care what happens in the world. He is still the man. And will forever be the man. King over his creation. Yahweh. He practices righteousness. Why? Because he's holy and he's righteous in his character. First John 1 John 1.5 says, God is light. And in him is no darkness 
at all. Is that the picture you have of Yahweh? Merciful, just, holy. That's our God. And do you know him in saving faith? If so, are you dependent upon him and trusting him still? You have to understand that, that, that Yahweh is not just your fountain of living water at the moment of salvation. He is still your fountain. You don't ever leave that fountain. You don't drink from it once. You continue to drink from it daily for the rest of your earthly life. The fountain of living water. That would keep your fire fed, stirred, and the ashes removed. And listen, he's no broken cistern. Has God ever let you down? Now, he's slow. He don't always move fast, but he moves. But I'm asking you, has he ever let you down? Has he ever let you hang in? He always comes through on behalf of his people. Our problem is we want him to move faster than he sometimes does. But this is why his way is not our ways. He always moves on behalf of his people. We're the ones that are broken. Not him. How often do we forget that? What did Jesus tell Nicodemus? Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless a person is born again, he or she would never know and understand the Lord this way. You can come to church all day long, but if you don't know who him and seven faith you're never going to know the Lord this way. This is not just a general knowledge of God. This is a personal knowledge of him. Who he is. A saving God. Merciful. Just. Kind. Holy. You have to be born again to know that. A person needs a new heart. That's what we need. A new heart. Look at verse 25. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish all those who are circumcised merely in the flesh, Egypt, Judah, Edom, and the sons of Ammon and, and Moab, and all who dwell in the desert who cut the corners of their hair. For all these nations are uncircumcised, and all the house of Israel is, is uncircumcised in heart. What do you make of those words? What is he talking about there? He wants more than just freshly, fleshly obedience. He wants more than just you checking off the list and doing good things. He wants your heart. That's what he wants. A circumcised heart. A heart that has been renewed by the Holy Spirit. That's what the Lord wants. Because if he has your heart, he has your life. Right? Right? Yes. Israel had the law. Did they not? But not all of them had the right heart. Ezekiel 36. You don't have to turn now. I'm going to read it. In my small print Bible. Ezekiel 36, beginning in verse 25. 
It says, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. And I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That's what he's talking about. That is what is needed. And that's the problem. Every human being has this problem before they come to Christ. A heart of stone. A heart that will not bend to him. But he says, I'm going to give you a new heart. A heart of flesh. And we all need this heart transplant. Why? Because we all have fallen short of his glory. Every person that has ever lived have fallen short of this glory. The best person you know, the best human being you know, the person you, you look up to and say, man, I wish I could be like that person. That person is still a sinner just like you. Have fallen short of his glory. In order for you to be made right, in order for you to be made right with the Father, it's going to take more than just you following the rules. It's going to take more than just you Working harder. It takes Jesus. And his finished work. You have to rest and depend and receive him. As your savior. That's what makes you right. His work makes you right. Not your work. And you say. I believe that. You got to continue to believe it. Continue to rest on it. Because we all forget it. We all forget the gospel and the host of us of life. We all forget that Jesus made us right with him. This way you got to always remember what the Jesus did for you on the cross. What he did for all of us. Jesus is wisdom from God. The righteousness from God. Jesus is the only one that can make a person right with the Father. And this is not... A church game. This is a matter of life and death. The gospel invitation is extended to you this morning for your charge. Will you receive him if you don't know him? Will you? Will you receive him in saving faith? And if you already have, are you growing in him? Is the fire still there? If it's not there, Maybe you're feasting on something else other than Jesus. And you need to repent. And ask the Holy Spirit to renew the joy of your salvation. Through knowing Jesus. A friend of mine sent me an email this week from John Piper. It says, the gospel in six minutes. This is what Piper says about the gospel. The news that Jesus Christ, the righteous one, died for our sins, rose again eternally, triumphs all over his enemies, so there is no combination for those who believe, but only everlasting joy. We never, 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 never outgrow our need for that gospel. And if you think you do, then you need to do business with Jesus this morning and repent. Don't ever think the gospel is that's the way to get saved. Then we get stronger by leaving it and doing something else. We are strengthened by God through the gospel every day until we drop. 
Don't ever think the gospel is that way we get saved, then we get strong by leaving it and doing something else. We are strengthened by God through the gospel every day until we go to the grave. You never outgrow your need to preach the gospel to yourself on a daily basis. Amen? Please pray with me. Lord, I need that gospel, Father every day. And forgive me for all the times in which I live as if I don't. All the times I plan my day, my life, family, as if I don't need it. As if I just needed a little bit of it. As if I just needed it the year I became a Christian. I need it today still. We all need it. Forgive us of our times, Lord, when we think we don't. Forgive us of our pride, our arrogance, our boasting and, and what we think makes us great in our accomplishments. But let us boast in this, that we know and understand our Father. And in Christ's name I pray.